In this presentation, we will take a look at an accrual accounting method with relation to a sole proprietorship, one that would be reporting typically on a Schedule C. This information can be found in Publication 334. Accrual Method under an accrual method of accounting, you generally report income and the year earned and deduct or capitalize expenses in the year incurred. The purpose of an accrual method of accounting is to match income and expenses in the correct year. So when we're thinking about an accrual method, we're trying to match up when we actually did the work. Typically, that's when we generate the income or report the income, not when we got the cash necessarily although the two may happen at the same time from, from time to time, depending on the type of business we're in. And on the expense side, when we incurred the expense, not necessarily when we paid for it. So you can see it's a little bit more difficult to follow on the accrual method because we can't just follow the money, which we're trying to do on a cash method. We have to actually say, well, when does that money, you know, the money happen, but really the money is as a result of some type of actual deal that took place between two individuals on a free market. We want to know when the deal actually happened that is the cause of the cash uh, transaction or other type of payment that incurred. So back to the text, income, general rule. So now we're thinking about income under the accrual method. So when we're thinking of, remember on our Schedule C, we have income minus expenses. Income minus expenses, we want this to be as low, we want this number, net income, to be as low as possible typically for taxes because we want to pay less taxes on it. When considering the income line, the top line, that means we want this to be low. We want to report low income. Obviously, in real life, we want a lot of income. But taxes is reversed. We want taxes to be reported low because the higher we go and report our taxes, remember, we're going to the Death Star and talking to the IRS, they're going to take more of it. So that's the perspective you kind of want. So we want to, as legally as possible, to have the income low. Now, when you're thinking of an accrual method, you're going to start thinking, well, what will people try to do on an accrual method as we would for a tax method to make income lower? And from that perspective, you can think of what is the IRS going to do to try to stop people from using the method, accrual method, to try to lower or postpone income. So that's kind of what you want to think about. Now, the rule, what's the rule now? Well, the rule is you have to report income when you earned it. So what might people try to do to try to lower their income in the current year and either defer the income or have some income that wouldn't be reported the, the cutoff date you're thinking is december and you're, you're imagining people that would probably try to make the income happen in january of next year because if you did that then you wouldn't have to pay income this year taxes income taxes this year and possibly next year so and then the irs of course is saying i want to stop that from happening i want to have it here the accrual method itself is something that kind of the irs uses to stop people from trying to adjust when the income is earned by simply changing when they pay the cash or receive cash. So, so by saying, no, you have to record the income when you earn it, that's one of the big restrictions that the IRS can put in place. However, it's more difficult to audit because it's hard to audit when the actual when the actual work was done. It's easy to audit when cash was received. All right, back to the text. Income general rule. Under an accrual method, you generally include an amount in your gross income for the tax year in which all events that fix your right to receive the income have occurred and you can determine the amount that amount with reasonable accuracy. So let's read that one more time. That's going to be the definition. Under an accrual method, you generally include an amount in your income. When do we have to record income 
for the tax year in which all events that fix your right to receive income, meaning the work that you did basically, have occurred and you can determine the amount reasonable. And so we have to have done, in essence, the work, right? And then we have to basically be able to determine how much income is there, how much income we should be receiving. Back to the text. For a taxpayer with an applicable financial statement or other financial statement as the secretary may specify, the all events test for an item of gross income is considered met no later than when taken into account in an applicable financial statement or such, such other financial statement. Note that for financial reporting, for financial statement purposes, the accrual method is usually kind of the general rule. We generally use the accrual method. And from an income perspective, if you think about tax software and when income is reported, if we do work before we get paid, we usually do work. You can think of a service company. We did work and then we invoice the customer and then we're going to get paid. Usually we're going to actually record the income when we do the invoice because that's close to when we did the work as opposed to when we get paid and that's going to increase the amount that is owed to us uh, which is called accounts payable or accounts receivable the amount that is owed to us and the income goes up at that point in time even though we haven't gotten really the money yet so that's kind of and under a cash basis there is no accounts receivable we don't count the money until we get we actually get it and then record it in income and cash typically so back to the text example you are a calendar year accrual method taxpayer. You sold a computer on December 28, 2018. You billed the customer in the first year of, of January 2019, but you did not receive payment until February uh, 2019. You must include the amount received for the computer in your 2018 uh, income. So notice again, it, it really applies to when the work was done. So this one's a little bit tricky here because note, uh, you, are, you are a calendar year income taxpayer. You sold the computer on December 28th. We didn't bill the customer uh, in the, until the first week. So note, like even in accounting software, if we used accounting software, we would probably not have recorded it even under an accrual method until January because that's when we made the invoice. But even though the accounting software would probably record that even if we set it on an accrual method because that's when we sent the invoice, the invoice is usually closer to the date we did the work, which happened on December 28th, but doesn't mean it's necessarily there. So in this case, even though we didn't record it, even on an accrual, even under our software, which we think would be more an accrual method, until January, we really should have recorded it in December. That's when we did the work. That's the point in time when we did the work, not when we invoiced even, because when we invoiced usually that's just the system that the computer uses to try to get as close as possible to the actual event because it's closer than when we got paid but it's not the rule the rule is when we did the work so if we did the work on december 28th and then we didn't bill the client we didn't enter it into our system or make an invoice until january of next year it still should be uh, income in 2018 because that's when we did the work and of course we didn't get paid all the way until february of 2019 so if it was a cash basis we wouldn't record it until uh, february 2019 back to the text income special rule the following are special rules that apply to advanced payments uh, estimating income and changing a payment schedule for services estimated income if you include a reason uh, if you include a reasonably estimated amount in gross income and later determine the exact amount is different 
take the difference into account in the tax year in which you make the determination. So if we make a reasonable determination and then we find out it's just an estimate later on that the estimate wasn't correct, do, the question is, do we have to go back to the prior tax year and redo our tax return, amend it, or something like that? Or no, usually we can go into the current tax year and make the adjustment, the timing adjustment in the current tax year. Back to the text, change in payment schedule for services. If you uh, perform services for a basic rate specified in a contract, you must accrue the income at the basic rate, even if you agree to receive payment at a lower rate until you complete the services and then receive the difference. So note here, we're saying you can see a longer type of job. We might say, this is our basic rate. And you can see, and this is from the IRS's perspective, they might see the taxpayer is trying to lower the income in the current tax year uh, and then defer it. So you could say, well, here's my normal rate, but I'm going to charge you less in the first part of the job. And then I'm going to charge you more in the, in the second part of the job, which is next year. And if you did that, then, then of course you'd get paid less in the current year, report less income. And then in the following year, you'd get paid more. But the work was the same. If it was the even work throughout the year, then the IRS is basically trying to say, well, that looks like it's, you should have got paid a flat rate, a fixed rate for the work through the entire time period. And possibly then that's kind of that's what they're going to want to apply <laughs> to the current year is the flat rate as opposed to the lower rate, possibly. Back to the text, advanced payments. Generally, you report an advanced payment as income in the year you receive the payment. However, if you receive an advanced payment, you can elect to postpone uh, including the advanced payment in income until the next year. You cannot postpone uh, including any payment beyond that year. For more information, see publication 538. So when you think about the advance payment, if we're taking a look at our income statement, what if someone paid us in December in advance for work we're going to do next year? Well, in that type of situation, normally under an accrual basis, we wouldn't report it. We'd get paid. We wouldn't report it in income because we didn't do the work yet. And then we would, and then we would do the work next year. That's a more unusual situation, the advance payment. A lot of businesses do work before they get paid. Fewer businesses get paid before they do work, but some do. Like if you're a newspaper company and you provide newspapers, you get paid before the newspaper. Or if you have a concert, you get paid before you provide the concert or applications. You get paid before you provide the service of the application and whatnot. So the IRS, again, is skeptical of that. They're going to say, well, if you got the cash, they, they want to flip. When it's, when it's advantageous for the IRS, they're going to want to flip, right? So in other words, if you got money in December, even though you didn't do the work, the IRS wants to say, well, even though under an accrual method, you wouldn't report it until you did the work, which is going to be next year in 2019, we want you to report it now because you got paid and you have money and we feel like we should get some of it. So they, <laughs> they're going to say that if you got paid in advance, then usually they're going to want that money even if you didn't do the work. You're going to have to include it in income. So notice they're kind of deviating from the accrual method when it's advantageous to the IRS generally. If you got an advance payment, well, now we want to be more on a cash method and we want some of that advance payment, right? And so, you, so note that there could be exceptions to that rule, but just beware that if you have an advance payment, then you might kind of have to go back to in a cash basis unless there's some kind of restriction to it for more information. And that only applies to certain 
businesses usually or certain types of transactions where you get paid first and then take a look at publication 538 so irs.gov type in publication or pub 538 expenses so now we're on the expense side so again now we're on this side income up top now we're on expenses so remember tax purposes we want expenses to be high because that makes our net income lower typically from a tax from a taxpayer perspective so we would like to have the expenses today rather than next year if possibly so we can defer the tax because of time value of money um uh, or we would like to have expenses just higher in general the irs wants the expenses to be lower so that uh, that are reported so that they get more of the money right so they want expenses lower the income higher and then they take more taxes so that's gonna so you that's the perspective that the irs is skeptical about high expenses or taking more expenses this year as opposed to next year all right so back to the text under an accrual method of accounting you generally deduct or capitalize an expense when both the following apply a uh, one the all events test has been met the test has been met when a all events have occurred that fix the, the fact of liability and b the liability can be determined when uh, reasonably with reasonable accuracy so on the expense side it's kind of the flip of the revenue side right if we made the question is did when did the work happen by someone else that we owe for when did the work happen not when did the payment happen and do we know how much is owed at this point in time if we know those two things then we should report the expense at the point in time the work happened rather than the point in time that payment happened they might happen at the same time work and payment but the driving factor under the accrual method should be when the work was done two uh, economic performance has occurred the definition of economic performance you generally cannot deduct or capitalize a business expense until economic performance occurs. If your expense is for property or services provided to you or for your use of property, economic purpose occurs at the property or services are provided or as the property is used. If your expense is for property or services you provide to others, economic performance occurs uh, as you provide the property or service. An exception exception allows certain reoccurring items to be treated as uh, incurred during a tax year even though economic performance has not occurred for more information on economic performance see economic performance under uh, accrual method that's in publication 538 example you are a calendar year taxpayer and use an accrual method of accounting you buy office supplies on in December 2018. You receive the supplies and the bill in December, but you pay the bill in January 2019. You can deduct the expenses in 2018 because all events that fix the fact of liability have occurred. The amount of liability could be reasonably determined and economic performance occurred in that year. So in this case, note what's happening here that the bill happened or the activity happened in 2018 but we didn't pay until 2019 so under a cash method we may not get the expense until 2019 but if we can determine the the work was done in 2018 even though we didn't pay until 2019 under an accrual method we should be able to take the expense which is good in 2018 as opposed to wait until 2019 so it doesn't depend on the payment we don't have to say oh i have to make that payment now i need to make sure to make this payment in december otherwise i'm going to lose the expense 
Well, not necessarily under on a cruel method. It doesn't matter when you made the payment. It matters when the work was done. That's usually, usually the driving factor. Back to the text. Your office supplies may qualify as a reoccurring expense. In that case, you can deduct them in 2018, even if the supplies are not delivered until 2019. So if it's a reoccurring expense, something that you pay on an occurring basis, then you may, you may be able to deduct it even if you didn't get the supplies based on the fact that it's a reoccurring event. Uh, keeping inventories. When the production, purchase, or sale of merchandise is an income-producing factor in your business, you generally must take inventories into account at the beginning and the end of your tax year unless you are a small business taxpayer. If you must account for an inventory, you generally must use an accrual method of accounting for uh, your purchase and sales. For more information, see inventories. So notice if we're not a service company, meaning we sell inventory, We've got this page two that they want to they want to be, be able to track the inventory because inventory is substantial. Obviously, when we pay for inventory, uh, when we pay for it, we still hold on to the inventory. So that's a big timing difference as to when we get the benefit from the inventory, which is the point in time of sale. So the IRS wants to know, OK, what's your beginning inventory? What's your purchases? And how much did you sell? And that's going to be on part two. That's not all filled out right here, but. Notice that's going to be on, on Schedule 2, and that's why inventory is one of the driving factors that may require someone to be on an accrual basis as opposed to a cash basis because it can really distort the timing of the major business process, which is the selling and purchasing of inventory. Back to the text. Special rules for related persons. You cannot deduct business and interest owed to a related person who uses the cash method of accounting until you make the payment and the corresponding amount is included in the related person's gross income. So notice, like you can imagine now that if you have somebody that's on an accrual basis and somebody else that's on a cash basis and they're related to each other, uh, then you can imagine a situation where they might collude or work together and maybe the, what the IRS would sus suspect is not a nice way or <laughs> a suspicious way to try to manipulate the timing because note that on one side of the transaction if you make the payment you get to you get to record an expense and that's good and on the other side the other person whoever gets paid it's income and that's and that and for taxes income is bad because you're going to have to pay taxes on it so then if if one person's on a cash method and the other's on an accrual basis and and they're related you might see a situation where one person tries to take the expense in the current period and then the other person who would normally record the income doesn't because they're on a different uh accounting basis for cash versus accrual so the so you can see that situation the IRS says well no you can't do that because that's clearly kind of trying to manipulate the system if you're using the two bases with related persons so then you have a special rule with uh, related people transactions. Back to the text. Determine the, the relationship for this rule as the end of the tax year for which the expense or interest would otherwise be deductible. If a deduction is not allowed under this rule, the rule will continue to apply even if your relationship with the person ends before the expense or interest is included in the gross income of that person. Related persons include members of your immediate family, including brothers and sisters, either whole or half, uh, your spouse, uh, ancestors, 
or uh, lineal descendants. For a list of other related persons, you can go to uh, section 287 and you can get a, a list of the related persons.